Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. We're here with hashtag fan favorite Rob Love. How's it going, Rob? Ah, pretty good, Sydney. That's right. It's me, hashtag fan favorite Rob Love. We're going to do another episode about something just eating the pudding with the jello pops. <laughs> I don't. Uh, through our phone connection, I don't even have any idea what you just said, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to record a podcast about Rastafari, a.k.a. Rastafarianism, because apparently you have a history with this. And I mainly wanted to do this episode because, um, like, last week or the week before, Zach and I did... Uh, an episode about um, Jamaican sex tourism and what they call rent-a-rasta, where these white ladies go down there to have sex with, like, Rasta guys. So, uh, and then in researching that, I was like, honestly, I don't know anything about Rastafarianism. I bet Rob Love would be down to do this episode. So here we are. Here we are, Sydney. And, uh, yeah, I've done zero formal research for this mm-hmm. episode which is rare for me i'm just gonna let you kind of do do the episode but i have for the listener and mm-hmm. you know this sydney but for the listener i have uh kind of like been into the reggae community for the past 30 years mm-hmm. so since since i was a child uh i've been like in sort of in that circle or uh-huh. whatever, not like deep, not deeply necessarily, but like, <clears throat> like my brother, my older brother was like, he got deep into reggae and <clears throat> like one of my first, I would say my first job at like 14 years old was to like help out at the counter at this, um, it was like an import shop in mm-hmm. Huntington beach and, uh, uh, it was uh, like Rasta. It was Rasta centric a little bit, you know. They had other stuff as well from like India or whatever. But anyway, the point being, like, I've sort of been in that circle for the past thirty years, so I feel like I know enough about to con- you know about it to contribute to the episode. But I can't wait to hear what you have to to tell us. Okay. Well, I will say I read several articles about it. I didn't do the thing where I, um, piece, I usually like write my own essay based about the topic for the episode. I didn't do that. I've been super sick this week. Blah, blah, blah. Endometriosis, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's been like, I haven't like been able to like look at a screen cause it just makes me dizzy and throw up. So, um, I, I have the Wikipedia open, like, for reference points since my retention of all the shit that I read is not great. So, um, Rastafarianism or Rastafari, it's an Abrahamic religion, and basically it means that it's, it's, it falls in line with Judaism and Christianity, and it said, like, that, um, Islam is an Abrahamic religion, but I don't know anything about Islam, so... Um, but it's, it, they all okay. come from the same roots of like Abraham had yes. two sons and like Jews and Christians think they're descended from like one of his sons. And then, um, Muslims think they're descended from the other son, I think is what I read. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part, but I do know that they all believe, they all, um, believe in Abraham. Like, yeah, Judaism, Muslim. Islam and Christianity, they're all considered the God of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Like they all have like essentially the same God. It's just in the way that, and we won't get into the differences between Islam and Christianity and Jews, Judaism too much. I hope. No, but, no. Um, but yeah, I, but yeah, I think Rastafarianism, like Rastafari, um, the official, if you want to call it a, re- a religion, <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. cough. Um, it definitely, I think they they more identify with Judaism. I more read. So. I mean, I read more so Christianity, but we'll, maybe as we work our way through it, and I work my way down. We'll this. work our way. Th- 
Yeah. Yes, well, it'll, yeah. Um, so it's classified as both a new religious movement and a social movement by religious scholars. Um, there's no central authority and there's a lot of diversity amongst practitioners. So like very, um, similar to all the other Abrahamic religions. Um, it's, they have a very specific interpretation of the Bible. Um, they have a monotheistic belief in a single God who they refer to as Yah, J-A-H, who partially resides in each individual and is integral to them. Um, they uh, believe that Jesus Christ was Yah incarnated. Um, sorry, sorry, Sydney. Yeah. Sorry. It's Jah. Is it Jah? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, keep going. I don't know. The only other language I've studied is Spanish, and the J's are silent. <laughs> it's not a language. Okay, go ahead. It's not a language, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I didn't know I was using, like, the English alphabet pronunciation for jaw. Um, but anyways, uh, I, oh, and, and, and this religious movement slash social movement, um, originated in Jamaica in the 1930s and they have a um like a reverence towards this guy uh Hale Selassie okay let me just step in really quick yeah it's Eile, Sel- Eile Selassie okay so J's you pronounce H's are silent so we got Eile Selassie <laughs> well you're, you're no you're I appreciate you've gone You've gone from one hemisphere to another. Yeah. That's a we- that's one of the really weird aspects of this thing mm-hmm. is that it it originated in Ethiopia with this emperor Eile Selassie the is it the first or the second first? It, yeah. Uh, I Eile Selassie is this emperor of of uh, Ethiopia in like the 20th century. Yeah, ni- from and, 1930 uh, to 1974. Um, and they think he's yeah, the second good... coming of Christ. This is essentially what the the true Rastafarians, if you want to consider it a religion, and these people are their, you know, part of their religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, which why not? They can have whatever religion they want. I'm totally fine with it. But um, so they do. They view themselves as. Essentially, yeah, okay. They view Eile Selassie as the second coming of Christ, uh-huh. which puts them, I guess, before before him, before the second coming, they would have been Christians then. Yeah, because, okay, because if they just believed the whole Jesus bag, that leaves them at Christian. that would have been the first coming. Yeah. It would have been the first coming of Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, so, they were Christians... They were Christians that believed that this emperor Eile Selassie of Ethiopia was um, turned out to be the second coming of Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, and so therefore that puts us into uh, what is it? Which part of the um, biblical like apocalypse? It's not the apoc. Is it the apocalypse? Um, what do they fucking is call the- that shit? The rapture. Well, I don't times. think it's the rapture. No. It's not the rapture. It's the, what's the one that means like the um, enlightenment or the illumination or the. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. <coughs> but it puts us into that like post. I yeah. guess the apocalypse. Is okay. the apocalypse. Does so that, the second coming. Mean... Uh, the second coming is a Christian, Islamic, Baha'i, and Messianic jubilee regarding the return of Jesus after his ascension to heaven about 2,000 years ago. Um, so I guess, like, all of these people think that Jesus is going to come again. And then the Rastafarians are like, no, he did come again. Well, that's the second coming of Jesus has been prophesied i think i'm using that term right in Mm -hmm. the bible in the like essentially the jews are waiting for the first coming of jesus still yeah they're waiting for the first coming uh christians i guess that one that was 
Yeah, they were but, like, Jesus isn't our guy. We're still waiting for the real Christ to come. And then Christians are <laughs> like, a, we're waiting for him to come again. And I'm like, I'm waiting to come on your dad's face. So Right, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to make a premature... Jesus, uh, I couldn't figure out the second part though. But yeah, yeah. premature ejaculation or something. Ejaculation. I'm not gonna do the obvious joke. So let's continue mm-hmm. with. Um, so yeah, they. Okay, so they were Christians that thought that the second coming was, you know, just like all. Just Jerry Falwell is waiting for the second coming, uh-huh. right? And so, but these folks said, oh, Eileen Selassie, that's our guy. I wonder what uh, made them think that. Well, I'm not sure. I've heard, I heard an interview with, uh, I think her name is Rita Marley, Bob Marley's wife. Mm-hmm. And um, she's full on Rastafarian. Let me just take this moment to say I've never, I don't know if I've ever met an actual Rastafarian. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of like people you'd call Rastas and like yeah, whatever, but most of them ad- identify as Christian. Mm-hmm. Like all the folks that were way into it that I knew were Christians. They weren't, they weren't into this like extra bonus cult aspect yeah where there was an actual christ guy that walked the earth a few couple decades ago or you know what i mean well and i guess a lot of rastafarians do consider themselves christian um which is interesting because okay so well i think there's a dis i think there's a difference a distinction to be made mm -hmm. well yeah obviously between people who listen to reggae music mm-hmm. and identify as Rasta, maybe wear the the you know the red, golden, green tam mm-hmm. on their head, the typical Rasta hat or whatever. But there's a difference between those people and um, <clears throat> someone who identifies as a true Rastafarian like that. You're entering into there might be six thousand of those. Yeah, <laughs> on Earth. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? it's not a lot. I forget how many it was. Maybe we'll come to it again. Um, but uh, so like, okay, in the 1930s in Jamaica, apparently, like these disenfranchised Afro-Jamaican people um, developed this belief system. Um, and uh, Wikipedia says its ideology was largely a reaction against Jamaica's then dominant British colonial culture because like white people just fucking colonized everything and it was influenced by Ethiopianism and the back to Africa movement Um, but that happened many um, years later (laughs) did not happen in the 30s Um, but it is considered to be a Creole religion which creole being like a blend of african and european influences um oh wow so because so several like protestant clergymen and most notably some guy named leonard howell proclaimed that eile selassie's crowning as emperor of ethiopia in 1930 uh fulfilled a biblical prophecy um, and like by the 1950s, the Rastafari's countercultural stance, what does it say? Oh, it, apparently it was in conflict with greater Jamaican society, which is interesting because they think is like me knowing nothing. I just assume that like the predominant like black people in Jamaica are Rastas, but that I guess isn't, uh, no. is not true at all. That it's, <clears throat> no, it's no, no, still no. a subculture. They're outcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. I, I like back when I was kind of like introduced to the the whole thing. It was back in the the like mid eighties, mm-hmm. um, but I was sort of like consuming, you know, like media from several years before, maybe or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> no, from my understanding, they were um, severely outcast. They basically lived on that. They were the heathens of Jamaica, essentially. They lived on the outskirts of society. They, you know, like, went and grew their ganja and uh, in little, you know, like, little 
they just had little farms, subsistence farms. The whole thing behind now, and maybe you'll get to, into this, but like um, one of the main things behind Rastafarianism is the um, you're basically shunning Babylon, mm-hmm. which is the the um, you know like maybe you can explain it better but uh it's basically the institution like you're basically just shunning the system western society and european society, western society which is money. A, yeah um I, like all of the things that to us are like basically standards like money banking um capitalism all that right. stuff um, yeah, so the Rust the Rastafarian is you know, the Rastafarians basically just shun that whole uh, essentially, you know, superficial culture and they're like, you know, you're basically gonna run the the earth into the ground if you continue exploiting it this way and uh just for money. And uh turns out, uh, I don't know, that's it it seems like they were right a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Like for okay, so um, they consider Babylon to be European colonialism and global capitalism, um, and police and soldiers are viewed as the agents of Babylon. Um, and huh. the term Babylon huh. was adopted because of biblical associations. Because again, this is a Creole religion where it's like it is has this foundation of Christian beliefs that was brought in by the colonialists but then it's mixing with like this sort of afrocentric uh belief system to the point that like a, a lot of rastas believe in like a back to africa movement um unfortunately having just read a book about africa it sounds like there's a lot of like environmental issues there in addition to poverty there's a lot of issues with like overgrazing and stuff um so it's not like the lush place that it once was uh so they um they compare Rastas compare the exile of Israelites in Mesopotamia to the exile of African um diaspora outside of Africa, which kind of does I, I it, that tracks that tracks to me. Um Babylon is like responsible for uh the slave trade, um and what they're trying to reach is Zion, which is, is Zion like heaven? Is that basically what Zion is? I believe that is the... Yeah, it's a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I believe it is essentially heaven on earth. Okay. Um, yeah. it's, it's like going clear. <laughs> kind of like going clear, yeah. yeah. Um, so let me see if I can find a better definition. Uh, okay, so Zion... Uh, Rastas use Zion for either Ethiopia specifically or Africa more broadly, the latter having an almost mythological identity in Rasta discourse. Um, many Rastas use the term Ethiopia as a synonym for Africa. Um, Rastas in Ghana, for instance, describe themselves as already living within Ethiopia. I don't quite understand that. Um, I think Ethiopia is the, um, I, I do believe you're right, that it's sort of like the spiritual homeland mm-hmm. basic, based on the fact that Ailey Selassie, you know, came from there. Um, but, yeah, we haven't gotten to the, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy to me how the, like, the ethos transported itself all the way from the, the east coast of Africa mm-hmm. all the way to Jamaica where it essentially took a foothold like that's where it really you know gained in popularity and and whatnot based on I guess the music yeah it's it, well it's interesting how yeah the belief that this guy was the second coming reached Africa and then they really latched onto it and developed it oh I just wanted to finish that Zion can also be just like um, a state of mind uh, it, and some people use it to say to refer to Jamaica or a state of mind um, and that like uh, the the desire of the Rasta is to escape what they perceive as domination and degradation, um, which they experience in Babylon. 
Um, so yeah. apparently, I'm totally down. I'm yeah, down right. With that I I kind of believe in all of all of that stuff. Yeah, the I mean, the only thing that I'm not down with apparently, like the first thirty years, the back to Africa thing was really strong, and um, that's kind of like gone away. I uh, at one point, um, Rasta's lobbied the Jamaican government to oversee a process of resettling them to Africa um, and like others independently arrange their transport. Um, but I think the, what it's called a repatriation. It, that desire has declined. Um, well, wasn't that, wasn't there Liberia was, was that, but that happened way before, I guess. Right. I don't know this. But yeah. Liberia. Yeah. That was way earlier. This says from the 30s to the 60s, like, the Rasta movement really wanted to repatriate to Africa. But I think um, Ethiopian famine um, probably had an effect on their desire to return there. Um, Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, so what... And then also, this is is weird, too, but... <clears throat> it's not as if it's not as if every black person in Jamaica was f- ancestrally related to Ethiopians. I think it was it was more of an ideological mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sort of like pil- pilgrimage, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it it's not not necessarily a repatriation, but more of a pilgrimage, I guess I would call it, or Ye- like. But, like, yeah, re- return to Africa nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, apparently, Rastas regard the Bible as an authentic account of early black African history and of their place as God's favored people. Um, they regard the Bible as a key to understanding uh, both the past, present, and future. Um, I think there was like a thing about how they believe that the white interpretation of Jesus is obviously, uh, you would say Babylon, but I think they believe that it's like a manifestation of the devil. I don't want to, if, unless I can find it in, in this article, I don't want to like lie about that. But, um, I think that is part of that is that they're like, this is like evidence of the devil. Um, this like white Jesus bullshit. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if the correlation between white Jesus and Babylon, but anything Babylon is the devil for sure. Okay, so I guess that's and, where that comes together. And Babylon and white, created white Jesus. A, yeah, and like, there's no white Jesus, mm-hmm. so obviously it's a con, it's a you know confabulation. I think that's a word. But yeah, it's a you know it's it's a it's a construct of Babylon. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Everything's bab everything's Babylon, by the way. If you're <laughs> if you're in that culture, like Well the oh, whole, like Yeah. Or three fifty three three dollar fifty cent ATM fee, that's Babylon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you're right. That is Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> once you get into it, you're like, no, they're one hundred percent correct. Like, it's all bullshit. Like they they've been calling it out. 40 years before, like, woke people started calling it out. Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I mean, I can really get on board with all of this. I think earlier when Except it... for... Oh, oh go, go ahead. No, no, sorry, no, sorry. you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, except for there, they do have, there are some extremist... Well, I don't know if you get into ITALs oh. at all, the ITAL... Uh, it's almost like a subsect. It's almost a subsect of Rastafari, the Itals. No, they're let's vegan. get into it. Well, I well, mean, oh, it's they're sex. Short... They're different sects are called. Hold on, let me find it. Let me find it because there's a word for okay. it. They <sighs> are called. Oh my god. And these are these are like the Itals are like the real Rastafarians. Mm-hmm. Like these are the. Tr- and I don't know if they necessarily believe in Eileen Selassie as the second coming, but the Itals are like the hardcore Rastas. Oh, okay. Um, you can't get more hardcore Rasta than Ital. 
Yeah, I will. I'll have but to yell it out later if I find the name they have, for the different. Well, sex. here's the main. I'll get into it. They the main one of the main things. This is why I brought it up. Uh, mansions. That's what their different domination denominations are called is mansions. What? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Uh huh. There, uh, it okay. says there are several denominations or uh, quote mansions of Rastafari. The most prominent of which are the Niabingi, uh, B- Bobo Ashanti, and the twelve tribes of uh, Israel, each offering a different interpretation of Rasta de- belief. There are an estimated seven hundred thousand to one million Rastas across the world. Largest population. One million. Mm-hmm. Largest population is in. Jamaica, um, eh, and then, yeah, so tell us about the ITAL. Yeah, I've never heard of any of those other things that you just mentioned The 12 before, tribes so of Israel, I, that's a thing, I've heard that. Well, I know about, I know about the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, <clears throat> and that's another thing that we haven't mentioned, but we just now mentioned, is that, uh, like, <clears throat> um, Eileen Selassie is considered to be the Lion of Judah, the tw- uh, Judah being the 12th tribe of Isra- Israel. Is that, cor- um, is that correct? Or the tw- I, so like, I just had that he was I like the second coming. But he's I, the second coming, but the story behind it is that he was the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's the 12th. He's like... He's essentially like the um, the leader of the twelfth lost tribe. Okay. So, based on that, um, yeah. So the Itals are like a weird sect. They tend to come up the most. I've never heard of any of that other stuff. But the Itals are vegans. They're strict vegans. Mm-hmm. They don't eat pussy. They don't? No. Because that's not vegan. Idiot. Uh, pussy's totally vegan. It's good for know. your skin, too. I don't know. Anyways. But, uh, but. <laughs> I mean, by that same philosophy, if eating pussy isn't vegan, then kissing isn't vegan. I'm just saying. It's just, it's like, it's licking membranes. Um, oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So you're obviously not an ITAL, I guess. I'm not. I was on board with the veganism, but then when they said they don't eat pussy, it's like I have no room for you in my universe. All right. Suit yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What else What else do we know about the ITAL? Oh, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, they just, just like all the other hardcore Rastas, they just like, um, basically just seclude themselves from society. I mean, they <clears throat> sort of cult, culty, but not culty. That uh, I don't know. It's just like subsistence farmery. Like, I don't know. Picture like some, um, hillbilly, like in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. who's just like, no, I got, I got this. I got this. Yeah. I, I don't need your electricity, you know. I got it. I got it. I can grow my own food. We're fine. I can hunt. Uh, or well, these I, guys don't hunt. They don't. But I but, but I, I support all of that. But these guys do live in subtropical climates where they have like guava and mango <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. They can just go pick fruit, you know, and and do they do grow, you know. You can grow all kind of sweet potatoes in the highlands of Jamaica, the Blue Mountains of Jamaica. Um, uh, I pulled up their Wikipedia, and the Itals are the oldest of the various uh, groups or mansions of Rastafari. Um, The word derives from the English word vital, with the V removed. Um, the emphasis on the letter I is done to many words in the Rastafari vocabulary to signify the unity of the speaker with all of nature. Um, 
their primary goal of adhering to the ITAL diet is to increase liveliness, um, livity, or the energy of life that Rastafari generally believe lives within all human beings um, and is conferred from the Almighty. Um, and so I guess a tenet of Rastafari beliefs is sharing a central livity among living things. Um, and what is put into one's body should enhance livity rather than reduce it. That sounds great. Don't put shit in your body that makes you sick. Um, and there's different interpretations around specific foods, um, but it should be natural, pure, directly from the earth. I, that's exactly how I eat. Um, they should avoid food that is chemically modified or contains artificial additives. Um, some avoid added salts. Uh, especially addition of iodine. They don't fuck with uh, iodized salt. They like kosher salt uh, if they do do it. Um, and some Jews. Don't... What? <laughs> you just yell at Jews. <laughs> yes, the Jews do uh, use kosher salt. Um, let's see. Certain foods, like if they are produced using chemicals or pesticides or fertilizer, are not considered ITAL. So, like, yeah, just organic raw foods. That's I'm down with that. Um, they interpreted this from several books of the Bible, including the book of Genesis, uh, where God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Um, sidebar, when I was young, I uh, managed the daycare at my church and we were at church six days a week because there was, you know, obviously like puppet ministry, youth group, Bible study, um, Christian aerobics. And we also had a Christian like dieters group, like Weight Watchers for Christians. And they had like this book that basically was like using Bible quotes to tell them what they should be eating, which is basically like this. Like I, I eat the shit from the earth. Stop being a fat fuck. I know it's the Midwest and, but you don't need to eat tater tot casseroles. Um, so let's see the Itals also grow dreadlocks, but I think everyone grows dreadlocks. No, no, really? Tell well, wait, all Rastaf all Rastafarians, you mean? Yeah, I yeah. When I said everyone, I meant everyone uh, is part of Rastafari. This the I was like, oh well, I don't, I don't grow, I don't grow dreadlocks, but I'm not a Rastafari. So yeah, I yeah, guess no, no, no. Your state, your statement is no. I don't. Uh, I mean, I do think that is sort of a tenant. No, mm. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Have you ever heard of the? Um, Oh jeez, it's the the vow of the Nazarite, the Nazarite vow. Uh uh what's that? Well, it's part of the Old Testament, Testament, Testament. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon. And it's um, it's a thing that says that you won't. Well, it's the vow of the Nazarite. You can look it up. Okay. And it's, it has something to do with you won't cut your hair. You won't cut a hair on your head with a razor. It's really specific. It's a weird thing. Okay. You won't cut a hair on your head with a razor. Hold on, I'm, op- won't I'm eat, opening it up. You won't you won't eat of the great you won't eat of the fruit of the vine. Mm-hmm. And you won't touch a dead animal. Uh yep, that's it. Refrain from cutting the hair on one's head. But allow the locks of the head's hair to grow. Uh, don't become impure by contact coming into contact with corpses or graves, even those of family members. I mean, that's really shucking off the treatment of the dead to other people then. Being like, oh, yeah, we don't touch oh. our dead. Uh, you have to do it. However, however, if Ebola pops up, that's a real neat uh, thing to have in, based in, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool I mean, thing to have. Yeah, I mean, often we find out, like, these old beliefs or biblical things uh, have, like, an actual, like, applied reasoning behind them. Um, So, okay, so I looked up the dreadlocks. Um, It's a way to physically, uh, visually uh, demarcate themselves from non-Rastas. Apparently, 
Eileen Selassie had dreadlocks, so a lot of it had to do with... Okay, wait, no, no. In the 1930s, adherents typically grew beards and tall hair in imitation of Eileen Selassie. Um, the wearing dreadlocks emerged uh, as a practice in the 40s, and um, there were debates as if it was like, should this be our thing or not? And it just became like the dominant style. And I think it just to set themselves apart, it was a cultural thing. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I think it was a um, like a a form of um, like counterculture or you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. defiance. It was a sign of defiance against the the prevailing rule because we haven't gotten into any of this, and I, I think it's beyond the scope of this particular podcast. Uh-huh. But um, the the polit- the political climate in Jamaica. Oh um, yeah, we should talk about that before as soon before as before their independence. Yeah, yeah, like they they were under British rule up until a very late date. And they finally gained their independence. And then, I mean, like, even after that, it was, uh, there was some oppression and whatnot. So it was, this, this was a political movement as well as a religious thing. It was not, you can't just classify it as like a religious thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe you have more on that. Um, yeah, totally. I will scroll down to that. Uh, (laughs) you'll scroll down. Well, okay. I wanted to finish talking about dreadlocks just (laughs) while I'm here because there, there are clean face Rastas and then there are those, uh, with dreadlocks hair and they're called locksmen. Um, and, uh, some Rastas have joined this Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which is a Christian organization that um, forbids them from putting their hair in dreadlocks. Um, uh, sometimes Rastas call non-Rastas bald heads or comsum. Um, and if you're new to Rasta and you just started growing your dreads, they're called nu- you're called a nubby. Um, <laughs> And then okay. there's, like, sex where they conceal the dreads with turbans or headdresses. Um, and then th- some think that the dreadlocks came from, like, inspired by hairdos of African nations. Um, particularly, there was an uprising uh, in Kenya by an anti-colonialist uh, group called the Mau Mau, and they wore dreadlocks. So um, we don't know. There's a lot of stuff that went into it. Um, so yeah, I, um, there's, here's another, here's another thing I can add to the whole conversation Mm -hmm. is, um, Marcus Garvey, uh, you can just Google Marcus Garvey real quick, but essentially that, and he was, he was an American black nationalist, wasn't he? Or was he... Well, let's find out. Okay. Let's find out. Hold on. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not a smart person. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know either. Oh, he was a, he was a Jamaican I, activist. I don't know why I thought he was American. Um, so he was a Jamaican political activist, um, publisher, journalist, entrepreneur, orator, um founder uh, and president of the Universal Negro Improvement Association and African Communities League. Um, And through which he declared himself provisional president of Africa. Uh, He was a black nationalist and pan-Africanist. His ideas became known as Garveyism. So he, when did he start his activism? In 1905? Mm. Okay, 1914, he formed uh, his uh, association, um, and he wanted to establish a brotherhood among the black race to promote a spirit of race pride, to reclaim the fallen and assist in civilizing the backwards tribes of Africa. Huh. Okay. Um... Initially, it only had a few members. Uh, Jamaicans didn't like the use of the term Negro. 
which was used as an insult. Uh, he embraced the term. Let's see. Okay, this is why I thought he was from the United States, because he he did do stuff. He lived in, in New York City. Um, uh, I don't know. I, so so wh how long was Jamaica colonized by the British? Like, when? how long were they under the rule? Like, into the last century, correct? Oh, correct, yeah. They, um, <clears throat> in fact, that's... Sorry, that's a that's a huge part of the the story is that they um, this is turning into a Jamaica. I know. I like, but I, they did. But they did. They sorry. No, this is this is an important key mm -hmm. is that they did. Um, they gained their independence in like the 50s. Yes. And that's when that's when a lot of the Jamaican music became popular, and they were essentially a th and still are in, in a lot of ways a, a third world country after the British left, and they were sort of just like, uh, well, I don't know, I'm not a I'm not a Jamaican historian essentially, but it's uh, I mean it's complicated when you deal with like it's like United States is a young country and it has like a simple like mythology. Um, you know, like Europeans came here, wanted to found an independent country. We only got like 200 years of shit to cover. But like when you deal with older countries that experience multiple like um, well, they were sets of colonialists, were, like. Yeah, they were they were a colony for sure. Yeah, because like Jamaica had Spanish rule and then it had British rule. And um, I'm looking to see. Yeah. OK, it got autonomy from the United Kingdom uh, in 1958, it became a province of the Federation of the West Indies, um, which is just a federation of several of British Britain's uh, Caribbean colonies. But they didn't get their full independence until August of 1962. So that's like that's a long that's late in the game to be colonized by a bunch of white people. It sucks. So well, here's the thing. I don't think that they okay. I think that you know the typical Jamaican accent. Uh huh. The like, oh man, I read blah, blah blah. I mean, I I'm not gonna try and repeat it because Zach did such an excellent. Oh job yeah, on great that job. Last job on that last episode. Mm hmm Like I I can't even compete with his his Jamaican accent. Yeah, so no I'm one could. I'm not even gonna try. I'm not even gonna try. Mm hmm But um, what it it's interesting. Uh, it's. It's a blend of, there was a bunch of Irish immigrants that were sent there to Jamaica because uh -huh. they were also, they were also under British colonial rule or whatever. Um, so their accent blended in with the native, you know, other combination. It's not just, there's like a, a it's a, it's a perfect storm of accents that created the Jamaican accent, but part of it is Irish. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's... Because of the, the, the influx of Irish, like people that were sent there as indentured servants, essentially mm -hmm. not slaves, but indentured servants yeah. at that time. So yeah, that, that's, that's part of that, how it's sort of like flowery a little bit, you know, the, uh -huh. That pat that patois, they call it. Yeah, that's interesting because but, um, Irish lim Irish limericks played a role in the like genesis of rap music. So it's funny that that when I was in college, like my area of research study for all like my papers I had to write for my art degree was music of the Afro diaspora, and it's interesting how like unfortunately through global slave trade and colonialization you've ended up with like cultures meshing which has created some like really wonderful art forms um terrible everything else but um some great great art forms and music so uh yeah and then now people are feeling iry which i don't even know what that means uh i think it's just a positive vibration okay okay that's the simplest, that's the simplest, like, yeah. So it's a, it's a good it. thing. 
Yeah, it's a good thing. Okay. Irie. All right. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to try and, like, over, you know, like, outshine Zach's yeah. um, thing. But, like, it's, you know, it's Irie, Mon. Okay. Urban Dictionary says it's to be at total peace with your current state of being. I can't tell you the last time I felt Irie, but, you know, one day uh, when I escape Babylon, <laughs> we'll get there. Um Everything, yeah. everything is I'm, all right and fine is what it means. Yep. So it. Which, it yeah. Uh, um, okay. Sandals, as in the resort. This is the third time Sandals has come up on this podcast. Like, and they are not a sponsor, but they could be if they wanted to give me money. Sandals.com has a blog entry about Jamaican sayings and phrases. And so they have this sample conversation that says. If someone asks you, how are you feeling, or how you stay, um, the appropriate answer to how you stay would be me, Irie. <laughs> and I love the idea of picturing these, like, middle America doofuses reading this, like, little, this is a great, um, this is a great guide to Jamaican uh, phrases. There's one called boo-noo-noo-noos. Which is a way of expressing love or special person. Oh, so instead of saying this is my boo, you'd say this is my boo new new news. Anyways. Did I tell you about <laughs> did I tell you about my friend? My friend went to Jamaica um on vacation. You did not tell me. Okay. Well let me tell you about it right now. Okay. So he, my friend went to Jamaica on vacation. Uh-huh. And uh, he went, like, he went to a resort or whatever, and he was like, oh, man, I have to pee. So he went to the restroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, I have to cough real quick. So, um, so my friend goes to the restroom and he's, he's, <laughs> what are you, what is wrong with you? Hang on. It's a serious story. It's a serious story. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm upset about something else and I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> Okay, get so it out, friend, get it out. So, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I got to shake the, shake it out, shake it out. I'm shaking my arms, yeah. I'm shaking my arms. So my friend goes to the restroom, and it's like a trough situation, and, like, he sidles up next to this, like, other guy. It's like a Jamaican guy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they're both standing there with their dicks out, right? And um, my friend... He has a he has a tattoo of the of his girlfriend's name, Wendy. Uh-huh. On his on his dick? No. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, he's a weird guy, but so anyway, he's like standing there next to this Jamaican guy and he looks over and he sees Wendy tattooed on this Jamaican guy's dick and uh, he's like No. Holy shit. He's like, holy shit, that's crazy, right? He turns to the guy. He's like, oh, wow. Um, like, you have, look, I have Wendy, you know, you've got Wendy tattooed on your dick. Look, I have Wendy on my dick, too. And the Jamaican guy is like, no, man. Mine says, welcome to Jamaica. Have a nice day. Is this to insinuate that his dick tattoo was like those um, Mad Magazine things where you fold it in to see the picture? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> yeah. it says Wendy when it's soft, but it says, welcome to Jamaica. Have a nice day when it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. I love it. 
it's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. Yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> ridiculous. So okay. What what else in do we need to tell people about Rastafari? Um, well, I mean, they're isolationists. They don't want anything to do with you people. Um, you're dumb for shopping at for buying it, you know, food at Chipotle, you're a stupid idiot. Uh-huh. Um, you should probably be eating whole foods, maybe raw foods. Don't eat animals. Um, what else? Let's uh, see. Basically all the same stuff. Like remove yourself from the, the entire banking system. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's going to lead to an inevitable downfall. Who could have seen that coming? Not yeah. me. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody could really. have seen that coming. Uh, so, like, money isn't everything. You should probably just live simply and um, uh, so that others may simply live. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then also, just, like, don't be an asshole. Just, mm-hmm. uh, and also, it, you know, just because... Some people don't want to eat pussy. It's okay to eat pussy. Like, not everybody this is, shouldn't eat pussy. Yeah, this is what I'll say. Because I think that um, Rastas are kind of a punchline. And it isn't really treated as, like, a respected religion or belief system. Like, it's kind of a joke. Like, it's something you see in a comedy movie. And, like, Dave Chappelle comes out wearing a dread wig. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and now that we've done, like... I feel like we only like scratch the surface of it because there's so much and this is only an hour long podcast and I don't have enough room in my tiny head for all this. But I feel like this is like a pretty legit belief system. Um, I don't really do all the Christ business or whatever, but like in terms of like the ethos that you that it, it has, I, I support everything except for not eating pussy. So, like, I think that you should, you know, eat things from the earth. Um, don't engage in Babylon. Um, remember that politicians and police and military are agents of Babylon. Um, but also just go ahead and eat some pussy because it's really good for you. And I'm convinced that it um, helps prevent crow's feet. So, it's uh, you know, when you're eating pussy, just pat a little around the corners of your eyes and um, it's a lot cheaper than anything you can buy at Sephora. Can I add just one other thing? <laughs> you Sadie? can add whatever you want, Rob. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, bye, guys. <laughs>